Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Happy Super Bowl Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, people will be hearing this on Thursday, so happy Super Bowl Thursday. (sighs) Well, whatever. Happy end of football season. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. And I said to Jake when we were doing the uh, Basement Talk podcast uh, Monday night, which you can hear right now, uh, it'll be the episode before this. So go listen to it. And by the way, my voice is much better than it was. Um, I've already gotten some messages about the uh, the voice crack of all voice cracks at the very end of that episode. And and it, it happens when you start talking about the New York Knicks with me. It, it, it just happens that inevitably I just get very worked up. I get very angry. And lo and behold, the voice crack just comes out. It, it, it happens, especially when, you know, we, we spent Sunday drinking, shouting, swearing, a lot, a lot of different things. But, yeah, we're not going to be talking about football, football game, football game for the next six months. Kind of crazy. Well, we're going to be talking about one football game briefly. Briefly, but there's also a lot of different things to get to because you know what happens when there is no more football to talk about. We just do a mock draft for the fuck of it because we just love doing mock drafts. We do love we do love doing mock drafts. So this Super Bowl, I the Super Bowl is a good game actually. Am I wrong? Like I feel like it was very mixed. On people were like, well, this game sucks because the refs decided it at the end, or this game was great because it was close and it went down to the wire. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it because there was no Tom Brady. There was no Patrick Mahomes. There was no, there were no usual band of characters. It was two different teams. So I was going to thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I think regardless and aided by, of course, alcohol and, and the betting stakes that were on the line, I, you know, obviously I enjoyed it a whole lot more, but see, and, and Jake and I did talk about this, and we're we're very, very, very different on this. Did the referees micromanage it at the end? Yeah, sure. Did that really take away the 55 minutes of them really keeping the, the flags in their pockets? Eh, maybe. But was the game still pretty well officiated? Yes. Did the game have rhythm and flow? Yes. And that is something that throughout this postseason – Everybody has been complaining about that for the most part, a lot of these games, basically all of them, there is no flow, start, stop, stop, start because of all the penalties, all the flags and the referees did what should have been done this entire postseason, keep the flags away, let the teams play. Now, the counter to that, and as Jake pointed out, was. Well, if you're going to micromanage it, then you need to start. Then you need to call the one on on, on T. Higgins, which he took for a touchdown. Very, very fair, and it, uh, that was a penalty. And why they didn't call, they didn't call that? Why they missed that? But then we're calling everything else. But didn't call the fault the um, excuse me the offsides and the false start. You know, the, 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 there are a whole bunch of different things that you could talk about. You could be nitpicky as much as much as you want, but in general. I, me personally, I'm the biggest anti-official guy out there. Any chance I get to go at the officials, I'm going to do it, especially the Premier League officials who hate Arsenal, but that's a whole different story for another day. Um, I thought the officials did a very decent job. Very, very, very decent. Because I think it kept 
the way that they were able to keep the game going and let the game tell the story, I think kept the neutrals and the more common people that don't really watch every single game, like most of us do, involved and interested. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like with officiating and just controversial moments in the first place, I'm kind of like torn on well, the Rams, you know, they got the touchdown, but the Bengals had the opportunity to go down the field and tie the game and send the game to overtime. But they gave the ball to Samaj P. Ryan in third and one. Or like and then targeted him on fourth and one. And so and then targeted him on him on fourth and one when Jamar Chase is wide open. And Joe Mixon's not in the game. Like you've you've given max money to Joe Mixon. He's your feature piece. So odds are Smash P. Ryan won't be on the team next year. And he's the guy that decides the season, not Joe Mixon. To me, that is absolutely inexcusable. I mean, does it make it harder for the Rams if the refs didn't call those penalties and they had to deal with fourth and nine or fourth and goal from the nine? Yes, of course. And if they just kicked a field goal and went for the onside kick, I would have been a lot harder. But I mean, at this point, the Bengals had an opportunity. They both had opportunities to win the game and shitty calls went both their ways. So it's kind of even in that regard. I don't know. Like the, it was a well played game. I don't think the ba- I don't think the Rams won or the Bengals lost. I don't know. It was the most egregious thing that happened to that game in ter- in terms of play calling and decision making was the decision to go for it on fourth down in the first quarter. That was the most egregious. The fact that they went for it on fourth and one at that spot, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. That's a, that's a good call. You got to go for it. It's it's the it's the fourth down call in the first quarter. To me, that's where I was scratching my head and saying, okay, you know, what are you doing? I was a, a bit too aggressive at that spot. Just punt it away, pin them deep, and you go from there. Yeah. I think also it's funny because when uh, the Rams missed the extra point and, and Al Michaels was like, well, you know, you have to, at the end of the game, Al Michaels was like, well, you, you have to think that that missed extra point really factors into their decision-making because they could have just kicked a field goal and tied the game and then given the back, the ball back to the Bengals if they had made the extra point um, on that second touchdown. So, it, yeah, there are a lot of factors, and it's the Super Bowl. That's the thing about the Super Bowl is that it's the most unpredictable event in sports, the, un, the most unpredictable championship game in sports, aside from like the Champions League final where it's just one game and it's that one game. I mean, I still think that if Man City and Chelsea played each other five times, that Man City would win four out of five times, but they just happen to have lost that one time. See, I don't know about that, but I, I, I see the point. I see the point that you're making, but Man City against Chelsea, that Man City would win four out of the five. Oh, maybe three, three out of five. They'd win the series, they about, probably. They would win the which, series, probably. But to say they would do a, a clean sweep is uh, is an entirely different matter. I mean, Arsenal are going to finish third, and Chelsea are going to finish fourth. So, Well, it wouldn't be a clean sweep because they'd up, win four out of five. Up the Gunners. Anyway, 
I'm, cur- I'm actually currently, and I, I don't want to take us too too far off track. We have a mock draft, then we have a mailbag to get to. Um, I'm in the middle of reading uh, Arsene Wenger's book. It is very, very, very good. I- I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I've gotten, I've finally gotten to the part about just about everything Arsenal, and yeah. Yeah, emotional, um, emotional scenes, emotional scenes. Mentioning Aaron Ramsey in the book. Oh, my heart, my heart. Love him, love Rambo. Yes, happy for Bernardo Silva for getting that hat trick against Sporting earlier today. Hey, that goal by Raheem Sterling was a fucking cracker. Oh my God, what a goal. What a goal splendid outside the box top bins oof oof that's a firecracker right there it's a great goal great goal and then of course the, that was the one i should have bet on the other one the other one that i did bet on was a fucking snooze fest with messi missing a fucking penalty rat this is why ronaldo's the best ronaldo wouldn't let me down Messi just lets me down time and time again. Okay, then let's move on to this mock draft. Really? So oh, and I was I was going to say this before we uh, went into the Super Bowl discussion. The brief, very very brief Super Bowl discussion, by the way, very very, very brief. Uh, full Super Bowl discussion. Go listen to this talk podcast. Um, I feel like the first show that we did after the Super Bowl last year was also a mock draft. I'm almost certain of that. I think you might be right. I'm not a hundred percent positive, but I think I'm right. I think, I think, I think I might have to go check on that. Please hold for a second. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So while, excuse me. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still not a hundred percent back with the voice, but we're, we're, we're trying to strive for the best. I do. I do have the uh, two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen next to me to ki- to keep me going. But while Adam checks, uh, we'll go through the parameters of this mock. So, uh, for those of you that are uh, returning and you know the way that the mocks roll, it's the same as usual. Uh, for those of you that are new, first of all, welcome. Because I know uh, in the mailbag we did have some new listeners, so uh, welcome in. Um, and here's how we're going to do this mock. So um, a little bit of a change from the way that we normally do it is instead of doing full PPR, we're going to do half PPR for the mocks just to kind of give that that middle ground uh, snake snake style as per usual. Ten teams the way we normally do it. We'll be doing more more extensive mocks uh, throughout the off season. We'll do some 12 teams. We'll do some 14 teams as well. But for the first one, uh, we'll do a 10 team mock. We randomize our position and here's how the rosters uh, will be constructed. So we have one quarterback. We'll do a two quarterback mock at some point this off season as well. Two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, we're not going to do a defense and a kicker just because, you know, it, it, it makes it really just doesn't make any sense uh, quite frankly. And then seven bench spots is, is how we are going to uh, is how we're going to do it. So Adam, can you confirm or deny? 
So we released an episode on February 11th, 2021, my dad's birthday, my dad's 70th birthday, actually. That Love was the, father, Travis, the great man. Yes. The Travis Kelsey mock draft. Wow. Wow. Yep. What an episode. Which is the one where we took Travis Kelsey ninth first overall. Round. Yes. Yep. yep. Which was that eighth overall or ninth? Something along those lines. It was in the back. It was in the back. It was in the back. I, I, I just forget where. I just forget we, where. We wouldn't be so stupid as to be like, hey, let's take Travis Kelsey third overall and see what happens. Oh, we've done crazier things. We've done crazier things. So you want to you want to randomize? Let's do it. Oh boy, I said I was going to be doing a mock draft until June, but here I am. Two days after the Super Bowl, we're doing a mock. Okay, here we go. We get the seventh spot. Okay. All right. Seventh spot. I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So, we, oh, and we get, by the way, we're doing this on uh, on Fantasy Pros. So if you're uh, if you're looking to do any uh, any mocks on your own right now, they have 2022 expert consensus ranks up on Fantasy Pros. Uh, go check them out. Uh, if you want to create an account, go for it. They're they're fantastic. So uh, I, I have an account with them. So definitely, you know, do what you got to do. You don't need to pay a cent for an account. You can sign up for free. And um, yeah, and you can get into the Draft Wizard Simulator. Draft Wizard Simulator. There we go. Words. And you could do as many mocks as you want throughout the off season. And these mocks will take you about five, 10 minutes instead of going into an ESPN draft lobby and drafting against bots. And that might take a half hour. So yes, this is, this is or fantastic drafting against real people, which could also take a half hour. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or drafting against real people that are taking kickers in the first round just to, Experiment, air quotes. Right, exactly. So honestly, I like doing mocks. Just like sometimes, like especially later in the off season when you have the draft and free agency all settled, I like doing mocks. Kind of like if I'm bored or something, like over the weekend or get, I'm home from work and I'm just like, yeah, maybe we'll do a mock. See what see what happens. All right, all right. See where the rankings are are today. Mm-hmm. And the rankings that uh, Fantasy Pros has, they're based off of the consensus. So the consensus, we reference the consensus a lot. And it's basically what it, what it sounds like. You know, it's a bunch of fantasy football writers, not Bird yet, I don't think. Unfortunately, but, I'm, not, I'm not on Fantasy Pros, but I, I, I am pushing to get on there. Oh, God. That'll be, would that be a conflict of interest? If you were on the consensus, uh, half, half conflict of interest, but I, I I'm not even kidding too. Through, is that, uh, through work. I am. I am trying to get on here. Is that kind of like you taking the survey before going on family feud? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of, but yes. So the consensus is, an average ranking based off of a bunch of different fantasy football writers. And the great thing about fantasy pros also is that even though it's based off of a bunch of different opinions, it also shows you the range of like how high this player is ranked and how low this player is ranked. 
So you can actually have a ballpark of where you could be looking at taking this person. But, you know, this is going to turn into an ad for fantasy pros. So let's just go into this mock draft. Yeah, let's do it. I, I have something that I and I also want want to say, um, but read out. You can read out the picks, the picks first, and then I'll uh, I'll get out what I want to say. OK, so Jonathan Taylor went first overall. Derek Henry went second overall. Dalvin Cook won three. Austin Eckler won four. Christian McCaffrey won five. Cooper Cup won six. That's some uh, recency bias. I don't think it is personally. Um, I still have Devontae Adams above Cooper Cup, but the value that they have Cup at is pretty much where I have him. I have him at sixth overall. Uh, they're just lower on Devontae Adams than I am. I have Devontae Adams higher than than the consensus does. Um, the one thing that I do want to point out on here, which I find interesting, is for all the people that are going to come on to um, onto Fantasy Pros, you're going to see your you're going to see the highest that Joe Mixon is ranked, who we're looking at right now. So Joe Mixon, he's ranked as the number three overall player. That's his best ranked as the number 13 overall player. But then he's also got right next to his name and it'll be good. You know, if people are listening to this, go on to fantasy pros, you know, open this up, follow along. You're going to see a VBD of 92. Now what the VBD is value-based drafting is basically that 92 it's given out of a score of a hundred. And what that does is it basically gives a numerical value to how good of a pick that's going to be based on that numerical scale. So what they're saying at 92 VBD is saying, yeah, you get a 92 for value here. You go to the next pick, Justin Jefferson. He has a 92 VBD. So you're getting good value there. But then you get down to the two other guys that we have just on our window here, Najee Harris and Devontae Adams. They have Najee Harris as a 78 VBD. And then Devontae Adams is a 77 VBD. So what they're suggesting in, in Fantasy Pros, their algorithm whole bit, is that those are not as good of values at this spot as a Joe Mixon or Justin Jefferson would potentially be. So if you're doing this and you don't know what VBD is, that is what VBD is. Okay. So with the seventh overall pick, who are you looking for here? Uh, do we want to do we want to discuss who we're taking seventh overall, or are we going to discuss Christian McCaffrey going at five? I mean, I mean we I feel, have to, we have to. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to go. Honestly. I think that's where he's going to go as well. And I literally wrote a column about this today, TalkingPointSports.com. It'll be up when uh, when this episode comes out, and. One of the things that I talked about, it, it, it's a fantasy-related article. So anybody who um, – it, it's basically all about the things that we've learned from the past year. And I did it just by position. I, I just took one talking point from each position and you know wrote about it. And one of the things that I talked about for the running backs is the oft-injured guys. And the two guys that I highlighted for that were Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And how, yeah, they're oft-injured. Yeah, these are guys that can win you leagues and have won you leagues before, but they're coming off of two injured years in a row. First time is a blip in the radar. Second time is a pattern. 
third time, you're not going to fool me on that one. So, yes, the allure of McCaffrey is huge. And if McCaffrey hits, you are basically guaranteed, guaranteed, you're going to be a playoff team. But we don't know with McCaffrey. We don't know if the glory days are ever going to come back. And for me, that is too big of a risk, especially with a position as volatile as the running backs. I would much, much, much rather take the chance on a Najee Harris or a Joe Mixon over a guy like Christian McCaffrey. And that is also understanding that if McCaffrey is fully healthy, he's going to be better than Mixon. He's going to be better than Najee. Hell, he's going to be better than Kamara. But I don't know if he's going to be healthy. And that's the problem. It is too risky for me to do it. And honestly, five could be low for someone like McCaffrey. I would not be surprised in the slightest if and we're only in February. I would not be surprised in the slightest if we get a couple good reports out of Carolina that he looks good, he looks healthy, he is healthy. And McCaffrey gets bumped up to number three or number two, especially in half and full point PPR leagues. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. No, it wouldn't surprise me either because the allure of the potential of McCaffrey is there. And the fact of the matter is, is that if, I mean, that's that if is like size 50 font, but if he is healthy, he is the first overall pick. If he's consistently healthy, he is the first overall pick. He's in the conversation for it, at least. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I'm not going to say he's the, the consensus number one pick, but in PPR leagues, would he be in the conversation for it normally? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But with his injury history, the fact that he, he's missed most of the last two years, I don't even, as dumb as this sounds, and maybe it's not, but I wouldn't even, I'm not touching McCaffrey. If he, unless he's there at like 20, then yeah, sure. The value is there, but like in the first round, no, no, I, I wouldn't that? do it. I wouldn't do it. It's too risky. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of players who have either been burned by, by McCaffrey before, or are kind of seeing the signs are like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. Let him be somebody else's problem. That's the Adam. It's exactly it. Let him just be somebody else's problem. And if McCaffrey pans out, great. Okay. Awesome. But if he doesn't, then it's like, okay, you dodged a bullet. The chances of either happening are truly 50 50 now. And it's just not a risk that in the first round I'm willing to take. Adam again, he nailed it on the head. If it's at 20 overall, we're having a different conversation. But at five overall, no, 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 sorry, not for me. Yeah, because like if he if he for some reason falls to 20 and you already have like a um like a Najee Harris or a Joe Mixon, and then you have Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey, like that's amazing. Like that, the value is there. Like you're not going to be as worried if he misses most of the season. You'll still be worried, but you won't be as worried um, as if you banked your entire season on him by picking him in the first round. 
Absolutely 100% correct. You're drafting him as your RB2. It's a whole lot different if you're drafting him as your RB1. Completely agree. All right. Yep. So we got to make a pick here. Um, hmm. I mean, we, we could just try and do the very basic approach that I think we're going to do a lot during this offseason and, and try and go double RB. Or we could try and be different and start a team with a, with a receiver. Me personally, I think for the first Bach draft, I want to go with what I think I'm going to do, and that's going double RB. So now the question is between Mixon or Najee. And then accord, according to my ranks, I have Najee higher than Mixon. I like Najee more than Mixon. Uh, I do too. I do too. So we're, are we going to take Najee? Yep. And, and, and for what it's worth, I do have Najee over Justin Jefferson as well. I don't have Najee over Devontae Adams. But I'm, I, I think I'm more curious to see if, if we're going to be able to take Devontae Adams in, in round two, which to me would just be, I mean, that'd be just the steal of all steals at that point. All right, so we're taking Najee? Yes. Okay. All right. I thought I thought that's what you were doing. No, no, I had no, I had no idea. I, I thought you were going to offer some sort of rebuttal for fuck's sake. No, oh, I have no, oh. I have no, I have no rebuttal. This is amazing. <laughs> I apologize, Adam. I apologize. I, I forgot to scroll. I forgot to scroll. We're you're gonna have many times where you're gonna say, scroll, please. You just copy paste me saying scroll, please. I can, I can. I put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Scroll, please. All right. So at the 1-8, Alvin Kamara. At the 1-9, Jamar Chase. The 1-10, Joe Mixon. At the 2-1, Justin Jefferson. At the 2-2, Debo Samuel. Oh, my fucking God. Apologies for swearing. What? Yeah. Over Devontae? I know. Not only... Debo over everybody but Justin Jefferson. That is, or over everybody. Over Tyreek Hill. Over Tyreek Hill. Bro. It's Debo over everybody but Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Fuck. So literally Debo Samuel over Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. Listen, Jamar Chase at the one-two turn is probably going to happen. You're going to have someone that is just so in love with Jamar Chase. Got it. Fine. But Tyree killed Devontae Adams here at the 2-4. Like, okay. I, I'm telling you right now, if I'm in a draft and Devontae Adams is sitting for me at the 2-1, I, 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 I am undressing, I am doing cartwheels, I am running into the street, and I'm getting arrested for public nudity charges. Because that, that would just, that would be Christmas. That'd be Christmas. Even better than that, he's at the 2-4. He's at the 2-4. He made it to the middle of the second round. There's no discussion. No arguments here. There is no discussion. See, and, and I think this, this is, again, where you have, this is a great example of value-based drafting. This is a great example of having a divert from the plan. We went into this morning to take two running backs. No chance did we think. That Devontae Adams is going to be the, the two four. 
there's your usage of how VBD can help and how adjusting on the fly has to be implemented in a real draft. Because you see that, your plan's out the window for double RB. You have to take Devontae Adams there. That's a gift. That's a gift. That is, yes. that is from the gods. That is saying congratulations for being such a lovely, decent, wonderful human being. Here's Devontae Adams for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, take a shot every time I say, you're not a robot. You shouldn't be a robot when you draft. Because they say it a lot. I'd be drunk. Yeah. You're not a, you're not a robot. You're not somebody's not putting in punch cards. It's like you have to draft this person. You have to go double RB. You have to wait until round three or four to take a receiver. No, if something like Devontae Adams at the two four falls into your lap, then take it. Then take it. Bingo. Bingo. All right. So Tyree Kill went after Devontae Adams, and then Cam Akers with the went at the two six. Javante Williams went at the 207. Stefan Diggs at the 208. Travis Kelsey at the 29. DeAndre Swift at the 210. Mark Andrews at the 31. Josh Allen at the 302. Antonio Gibson at the 33. AJ Brown at the 34. Montgomery at the 35. And Keenan Allen at the 36. Whoever took Cam Akers at the 26, get themselves a hell of a player. What a great value. Great value there. Too bad he couldn't get any yards in the Super Bowl. Love Cam. Love Cam. Great guy. Great guy. Um, all right. Well, this, this is an interesting dilemma. Because I, I, I think for this spot, I do like Aaron Jones a whole lot. Just not Saquon, please. No, oh no, he's another one that I put in the column. I'm, I'm not drafting Saquon. No way, no way, Jose. I, I like Aaron Jones here. I just look at the receivers that are on the board with CD, Deontay, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans. I'm completely good with one of those guys. I'm completely good with them. So whomever that guy is that falls, I'm fine. But Aaron Jones sitting here. Yeah, I'm just looking at what we need. There aren't a lot of running backs here. There are plenty of receivers here. Take Aaron Jones, lock up your one-two running backs, and then we'll have a pick at one of these great receivers in round four. Exactly. I mean, we could be getting DeAndre Hopkins in round four. Yeah, we could. We could. Okay, that's done. Aaron Jones. Oh, there you go. I was right. So George Kittle at the 3-8, CD at the 3-0-9, his teammate and Zeke Elliott at the 3-10, Great Jalen Waddle, the 4-1, Patrick Mahomes at the 4-0-2, and Saquon at the 4-3. So we're up. It is really a choice between DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. The allure of DeAndre Hopkins is very, very intriguing for me. Um, but who do I have as the highest ranked receiver on my board at this point? It is Deontay Johnson for me. I have him one spot ahead of DK Metcalf at this moment. Oh, well, think about all of the, the bad stories, all of the dysfunction that's coming out of the Arizona Cardinals 
Why would you ever want to draft DeAndre Hopkins? He's a god. You take you take him in this spot. If, what if, if the Cardinals have... trade Kyler Murray? Well, yeah, I mean that is also the possibility that if you know DeAndre is out of Kyler Murray, then yeah, there's a there's a bit of a problem. Well, DeAndre but... Hopkins is quarterback proof, though. So they say. So they say. Is is he injury proof though? That is the biggest question. No, he is not. No, nobody is. Father Time is undefeated. Um, Adam, you could make the choice here between one of the receivers: Johnson, Metcalf, Hopkins, uh, Mike Evans. If you want to, if you want to make that choice, I, I'm I'm good with any of the receivers here. Mike Evans with who? With who? Quarter, with with what quarterback? Fair point. Probably Jameis. Kyle Kyle Trask. Probably Jameis. Standing on the corner, Jameis Winston, Tampa, Florida. Such fine sight to see. Uh, I like Deontay Johnson here. Deontay Johnson? Okay. I like that. I like that. I'm a big fan of uh, of Mr. Deontay Johnson. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 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 So, at the 4-5, we have playoff Lenny. Or just Lenny. Lombardi he, Lenny. Lombardi Lenny. As he is to his friends. To his companions, to his colleagues. Yes. Uh 406, DK Metcalf, 47, DeAndre Hopkins, 408, future New York Jet, Chris Goblin. I signed in him dreams. in Madden. In your dreams. Love, love him. 490 Higgins. Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. I literally was thinking to myself before. Who's the guy that's going to be drafted so astronomically high that's going to be the T. Higgins? And lo and behold, it's T. Higgins. Give it a couple of picks. You'll Fantasy see. Bros loves T. Higgins. No, you'll, you'll see. There's another person here that's kind of ridiculous. Okay. Uh, um, I don't know. Who would you rather have, T. Higgins or D.J. Moore? T. Higgins or Mike Evans? See, I like D.J. Moore. I like Mike Evans. I'd rather have... Either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have, I'd rather have both. Moore is a bit closer. Moore is a bit closer, but Evans, Evans, I have much higher than Higgins. Uh, Elijah Mitchell at the 410, DJ Moore at the 51, Mike Evans at the 52, Tyler Lockett at the 53. Deary me. Tyler Lockett? Deary, deary, deary me. Calvin Ridley at the 504 and or uh, Michael Thomas at the 5-5, five, five, and then Josh Jacobs at the 5-6. Never Michael Thomas at the 5-5. Five, five. Oh, my God. Ridley, Ridley at the 5-4, I can understand more than Michael Thomas at the 5-5. Five, five. I'll be interested to see where Ridley goes. If he's in Atlanta, then I don't know if I love it as much. If he's in a better offense, then, yeah, I'll like it a little bit more. I'll like it a little bit more. But Ridley Ridley's an interesting one. I, I, I think he can either go up, in ranks, or he can he can move down. See the thing about Calvin Ridley, and we talked about this with like uh, our receiver reflections or season reflections as a whole. It's that he has he still has the ceiling, but I think with Ridley, it's like you're dra- are you drafting him based on his ceiling? Or are you drafting him based on his floor or? You're drafting him because you've seen it from him, but you 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 need you need that guarantee that he's actually going to be there. 
which right now you don't have. So in February, it's obviously a lot different, you know, if we're talking about in August, because I can tell you right now, if he, if we're, if we're at August 15th and Calvin Ridley, we haven't heard a peep from anybody in regards to Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley won't be draftable. He, he, he just won't be. That's fact. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. These two picks that fucking, I don't even know. Tyra Lockett and Michael Thomas. Lockett, I can, Lockett I can understand because Lockett was, Lockett was the number one this year for Russell Wilson more than DK Metcalf was. Man, I, 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 that's just fact. As painful as it is for me to say, that's fact. Michael Thomas won. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I have him as an eighth round pick right now. Uh, not for me. Sorry. No, thank you. No, thanks. I'm good. Yep. I'm good. Um, I know who I want to take, and that's J.K. Dobbins. But I really want to try, if not this pick, then the next pick. I want to try taking a tight end here because I, I wrote about this in the column. My new strategy this year is to take a premium tight end at some point. And I'm looking at Darren Waller. I'm looking at Kyle Pitts and I want to get my hands on one of them just to kind of see how this pans out. I think I like Walt. I don't know. I like Waller more than I like Pitts. Am I basing this off of two years ago? Probably. But no, I don't think I don't think so. I think Waller's in the better offense with with the reports that Derek Carr is going to stay in Las Vegas. Carr is going to stay. It's great for Waller, and the offense is going to actually be better. As much as it pains me to say, because Josh McDaniels is a is a prick, but I mean the offense is going to be better. You think? Well, Adam, it's your favorite quarterback in the world, Derek Carr. Yeah, who you would, who you would pay a million dollars to have on the Jets tomorrow? No, Zach Wilson is the guy. You no, no, no. you would want Derek Carr on the Jets. I mean, he'd be nice as a just like you a, would love to have Curtis Samuel on the Jets. No, I would not want to do that. Oh, yes, you would. He's your guy. Just because he's he's your Stop guy, Adam. Remember? It. Stop it. You wanted to take. I, I listened back to the colon. You wanted to take Curtis Samuel. So bad. And what did you do? You took him in the 10 man instead. That was your guy. I feel like I was like infected with a mind control Curtis Samuel bug or something. I I was just so into it. I'm going to make an Adam Caster quote right now. And, and, And I quote, I feel like I'm under attack. I feel like I'm under attack. I feel like I'm I do. being attacked. I feel like I'm being attacked. I just came here to have a good time. And I feel like I'm being attacked. Um, I, I I would love to take Dobbins here. And then next pick, I would love to get one of the tight ends just to kind of see how this team pans out. Oh, yeah. If that's I okay like with that. you. That's fine. Because I don't think because I was kind of worried. I was like, do you really want to take a tight end now? But not particularly. No. Oh, well, this makes our decision way easier. Yes. And I love this. Okay, so Brandon Cooks went at the 5'8". 
Damian Harris went the 5'9, Hunter Renfro at the 5'10, Michael Pittman Jr. at the 6'1, Kyle Pitts at the 6'2, and then Elijah, give me, give me more. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. I I I've just been simmering inside me this entire time. Oh, when I see literally as as I was writing this column the other day, I wrote Elijah Moore on the column and immediately I started humming Gimme Gimme More. It, it it's just it's on repeat now. Elijah Moore. Elijah. Elijah Moore is Elijah. Give me, give me more. Man, Jake has really got that song stuck in your head. He is like Pavlovian. Jake. Yeah, that was didn't not Jake. Jake. That was me. Jake. That was you. Yes, that was me. You think Jake would you... come up with that? Are you kidding? Sure that, that makes more sense. Come on now. I love. I love Jake, but Jake is not the creative genius here. I think Jake is the one for nicknames Adam. I am disappointed in you. I don't know. I am disappointed in you. By the Jake? way, we, we we did just take Darren Waller. Jake has nicknames for uh, players like undraftable. Don't pick him up. He sucks. <laughs> oh, so put downs. Those all for- That's what he has. He has put downs. Got it. I think those are all for Miles Gaskin, actually. But they might be. They, they might be. I might have all some three more of those. Words. I might have some more colorful words for for Miles Gaskin. I think one of the words that immediately comes to mind is schmuck, dipshit, useless, waste of time. I think Where's those Miles immediately Gaskin? come to mind. Where's Miles Gaskin in these rankings? Maybe we can pick him up. Uh, nowhere. Anyway, so I'm on Ross St. Brown went to six five. Oh. Kyler went to the six six. I love him. By the way, I played a game of Madden the other night, and I played as the Lions against one of my one of my buddies. And the main objective for that game was to get Amon Ross St. Brown every single catch, and I did it, and I won the game. Amon Ross Amon Ross St. Brown had fourteen catches. Jared Goff had fourteen completions and three touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown. Interesting. I love him. I love him endlessly. Sixth round is an unbelievable price. That is a steal. James Conner went at the 6-7. Clyde went at the 6-8. That's kind of low for Clyde, don't you think? That's good value. It's good value. I like it. Yeah. And then, oh, the beauty. 8K Mike. Michael Carter. 609. See, I know people might call me crazy, but I think I'd rather have Michael Carter there over, over Clyde. I think the, 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 the upside and the potential safety is, is – I don't know about the upside because Clyde is a member of the Chiefs and, and Carter is a member of the Jets. But who's the guy that I think they, they're going to want to utilize more and there's not as much of a, a worry about guys like Terrence Gore and, 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 uh, and, and Daryl Williams? Michael Carter. And, and and it also helps. I just want to point you. You missed a, a slam dunk opportunity here, Adam. Michael Carter was the nice selection. He was the nicest selection. Yes. Well, Michael Carter is the nicest running back in the NFL. I don't know about that, but he was definitely taken at the nicest position imaginable. He's phenomenal. He's a great person and a great. And he was back. taken at a nice spot. 
did I uh, hold on, scroll up a second? Surely. I didn't say who was at the 610, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper at the 701. Great guy, love him. Devonta Smith at the 702, Justin Herbert at the 73, TJ Hawkinson over the 704, Gronk at the 705, and then Joey Burrow at the 706. Joey B. Joey B, what a guy. Um, well, I'll tell you who we're not taking, and that is Soto Beckham Jr. We're not taking Odell. No, no. We need a receiver. Recovery. We need a receiver here. Feeling makes a lot of sense for what we need. But Lamar Jackson is sitting right here. And I'm almost very tempted. But we also have J.K. Dobbins. That's a lot of rushing. I would go with Adam Thielen here. I like Thielen. I mean, do you want to take a quarterback here? Mm, I mean, there's other quarterbacks that are going to be here. Like Aaron Rodgers is still around. Dak is here. Stafford's here. There are plenty of guys. And it's round seven. I'd rather lock up the, the three receivers. I mean, we'd have Devontae Adams, Deontay Johnson, and Adam Thielen. With Kirk Cousins guaranteed to be back in Minnesota next year? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And 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 I, I what would I do in a normal draft? In a normal draft there, I probably would have taken Lamar Jackson, to be quite honest. Just because the allure of having a guy like Lamar is, is, is quite nice. But even if, you, even if you had J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have just to say, oh, wow, I have Lamar. But I think the smart pick there was to go with uh, to go with Thielen. Because I think that the team, as it stands, Najee, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Darren Waller, J.K. Dobbins, is nice, is nice. But also looking back, two Steelers, two Packers. So it's, it, it, it is a little bit... A little bit unbalanced in, in, in that regard, but still, I, I I like the team. And now, like if we wanted to take a quarterback, we can with Dak Prescott just just sitting right here. Yeah, I think that Dak Prescott's the way to go. I think so as well. I think so as well. I, I'm definitely willing to take uh, to take Dak here. And we have a full team now, so that's good. Yes, a full yes, starting lineup. I mean, yes, we do. We finally have a we finally have a full team. Hip, 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 hurrah, hurrah. And I don't think you said the picks uh, before uh, Dak. No, I did not. So let's do that. So Cordero Patterson went to the 708. A.J. Dillon, 709. Aaron Rodgers, the 710. Robert Woods, 801. Donald Mooney, 802. Lamar Jackson, 83. We picked Dak. Devin Secretary at the 805. Odell at the 806, Matt Stafford at the 807, Jerry Judy 808, Miles Sanders 809, Deshaun Watson. Okay. Deshaun Watson 810. As of now, he's available. Allen Robinson 901, Gabriel Davis 92. That's a that's, playoff. That's, that's better. Playoffs. That's better, though, for Gabriel Davis versus when he was going in like round four, round five. That, that, that's a lot better. And that I think I can get behind. And he'll be a popular breakout pick for a lot of people. James Robinson at the 903. Hollywood Brown at the 904. 
Hollywood. Mike Williams at the 905 and Travis Etienne at the 906, the forgotten about Jacksonville Jaguar running back. Yeah, it goes to show you both Jaguars running backs going in round nine. Sheesh. Um, I kind of do like Rashad Penny here. Okay, I think we, we're we're definitely uh, we can lock up the the running backs here. I like the upside with Penny for right now. Ayuk. Don't make me puke. I'm kidding. Disgusting, disgraceful. You good with Penny? Yeah. Cool. Oh, Adam, it's a steal. Can you believe it? Our first one of the year, Rashad Penny. Unbelievable. Let's see. Chapel Hill. That was unbelievable. Love Dickie really V. Really missed that. Love Dickie V. What a guy. Tribute to a king. Tribute to a king. You've got to steal, Adam. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. Chase Claypool, 908. Tony Pollard, 909. Kareem Hunt, 910. Brandon Ayuk, 1001. Chase Edmonds, 1002. And Michael Gallup. At the 10.03. Yeah, and this is like now where it just gets diabolical and and, and, and bad. I, I think the best bet is to just go with the guy that may have the most upside. And Rashad Bateman? Well, we already have Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. I actually was thinking Van Jackson. No, we don't. We don't have guy. Lamar Jackson. We don't have Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Then, yeah, we could, we could, go, we could go Bateman. We could go Bateman. Or we go Van Jefferson. Who who do I have higher in my ranks? Let's see. Let me have a let me have a gander. I have I can find them. Ah, okay. I, I do have Rashad Bateman higher than, than Van Jefferson. Bateman, Bateman is my wide receiver 40, Van Jefferson my wide receiver 45. So I do have Bateman higher. All right. All right, so we'll take Peyton. As the picks are going through, and I scroll up. Okay. All right, Melvin Gordon, 10-5. Christian Kirk, 10-6. Sonny Michelle, 10-7. Cortland Sutton, 10-8. Darrell Henderson, 10-9. Juju, 10-10. Naeem Hines, 11-01. Devontae Parker, 11.02. There you go. See, whenever you scroll while I'm talking, it always throws me off a little bit. Unbelievable. Yes. Got to be able to dress on the fly, Adam. That's what a radio professional is able to do. Kadarius Tony, 11.03. Van Jefferson, 11.04. Dara Williams, 11.05. And Ramondre Stevenson, 11.06. Six. I just think we just keep adding to the receiver ranks here. I mean, there's a ton that are available. Um, the one that probably has the most upside is probably DJ Jark. Maybe. Um, Jarvis Landry as well. That's kind of like a, as a safe option, I guess, but boring. Um, I mean, we could, this is one that I think is a bit interesting. I, I'm kind of, Intrigued to see Kenny Galladay in an offense that is going to be uh, that's going to be better just by default under Brian Dable. Um, 
I think double digit double digit rounds for a guy that was a beast in 2020. I think there's appeal there. Yeah. But I think that we could still take DJ Chark or Jacoby Myers or or Jarvis Landry and still have room for Kenny Galladay if we want him. Oh, Adam, it was a slight reach on DJ Chark. DJ Chark. I took him because I wanted to sing the song, quite frankly. Fair enough. Okay. So Jarvis Landry went to pick after us. And then Alexander Madison went the 11.09. Dawson Knox went the 11.10. Chris Carson, 12.01. Boston Scott, 12.02. And Russell Wilson at the 12.03. Uh, we're on the clock here. And I want to take the guy who, for right now, is the number one running back in Tampa. And that is Ronald Jones. Sure. Why not? Won't be the won't be available in the twelfth round if he remains number one running back in Tampa. But oh, Adam, it's a value pick. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. Oh, it's a value. Sorry, I'm just getting so excited about this value. I'm forgetting to scroll up. Okay. Dallas Goddard went to twelve oh five. Jacoby Myers twelve oh six. Jalen Hurts twelve oh seven. Fryermuth twelve oh eight. Jamal Williams, 1209, Russell Gage, 1210, Chuba Hubbard, 1301, Rick Hans, Corey Davis, 1302, 1303, J.D. McKissick, Rondell Moore, went to 1304, Justin Jackson, 1305, and Mike Kosicki, 1306. So we're on the clock again. So we currently have five receivers and we have five running backs i kind of like the upside here of of lance as a backup option to uh to dak i don't mind that sure why not done and i think i think one thing that i do want to throw out there is normally when you're taking a quarterback in single digit rounds i would normally say you have, there's no need to take a backup but i think when there's a guy that does have that immense upside like trey lance does have it's not a bad dart throw because if Trey Lance turns out to be good, you have a trade chip to get yourself something else, especially with a guy like Trey, with Trey Lance who has that rushing upside as well. Those quarterbacks are always going to carry some sort of value. So if they are good, you have two quarterbacks that you can use as trade chips. Yep. We have two rookies that are in this, that are in this uh, draft here. Our first two rookies. Yes, sir. James White at 1308, Traylon Burks at the 1309, Miles Gaskin 1310, Dalton Schultz 1401, Zach Ertz at the 1402, and Jameson Williams at the 1403. I knew that it was Jameson Williams. You didn't need to highlight it. Well, I just wanted to make sure that you you were on the same page. I mean, Jay Williams is a very is a very popular name. I'm like. Jay Williams in the NFL. Jay Williams is actually a pretty popular first initial last name. A friend of ours has has the initial has the uh, has initial of Jay Williams. That is a that is a friend. That is a colleague. That is a close associate. I have I have a signed picture of Jay Williams, like Jay Williams from Duke. That's a great guy. Love him. Uh, We're on the clock here. 
I think the best value here in terms of a guy that could really produce something for us is Cole Beasley. Okay. Why is that a problem? No, nothing. Cole Beasley's good. Oh, and by the way, uh, the Rangers just scored a Philip Heedle with the goal for the Rags. Ooh. See, look at this. Kenny Galladay is still here. Eey. Great guy. Great guy. Love him. All right. 1405, Kirk Cousins. 1406, Justin Fields. 1407, Raheem Mostert. 1408, Logan Thomas. Good value for Logan Thomas there. I like that. Yeah. 1409, Trey Sermon. 1410, Trevor Lawrence. 1501, Tyler Boyd. 1502, Stone Shepard. 1503, Mac Jones. And uh, Noah Fance with the 1504. Cole Komet, the 1505. And then a person whose initials are AB went at the 1506. This is the rage quit. Yeah. See, the Jets actually forced Tom Brady into retirement. We don't have we don't have time for this, but Jets uh, forced Adam, Tom Brady into retirement. Adam, we are taking the Hall of Fame tight end himself, and that's it. Hunter Henry at the very end. Zach Moss, Ty Johnson, Derek Carr got a B minus for this draft. I do kind of know why, just because we do have two Baltimore, two Green Bay, two Pittsburgh. But I do like the look of this team. I, I have to say it's a little it's a little shallow, I think. But I think the line, the starting lineup by itself, just for the first couple of weeks, will be fine to to definitely get us through. I, I do like the team a whole lot. But think about the upside. The upside in picking up like Rashad Penny, Rashad Bateman, DJ Chark, Trey Lance. If he turns out to be successful, we could actually have a quarterback controversy. Um. Hunter Henry, even though fuck the Patriots, but Hunter Henry, like, you know, there is a lot of upside with this team, which is why I think that it's, you know, it's it. the thing with fantasy football and like, I'm sure fantasy pros is like this. And like a lot of fantasy football, like grading sites are like this, like it's not based on upside. It's not based on potential. It's based on what the team can do for you now. And that's what it's graded on. So like this team could be an A team if everything pans out for us. But yeah, yeah, and also beauty is in the high in the eye of the beholder. So if you come out of this draft, if you come out of a draft and you think, oh yeah, my team's great, and you put it into any grading site and they say, Oh yeah, your team is garbage. Well, that matters if you think your team is good, and that's it. That's it. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And that's that's just the bottom line. And it's not just because Stone Cold said so. Right. And I think the worst thing that you can do as a fantasy football manager is drafting a team that you don't feel like is yours. That, that is also correct. That, that is, that is spot on Adam that you, you want to feel like you have some sort of, uh, of, of ownership in what you're putting into the team. So if you feel like you're drafting a team that isn't really yours, like you said, then yeah, then obviously you're not going to have much of an attachment to to said team. So yeah, I, I agree with what you said there, Adam. It's a good point. Yep. All right, real quick, let's move on to the mailbag. Mailbag. Pick a number, bird. Um, let's go with one to one eight, eight, right? Yes, one to eight. TV five, Thomas Ramallah, number five. 
Number five comes from Will. Oh, where's where's Will from? Will is from the home of the Basement Talk podcast mailbag. He is from Portland, Oregon. Will asks, beginner player here, can you explain the pros and cons of each scoring format? Oh, yes. I hear you guys talk about non-PPR and PPR and was wondering what will be better for a beginner player like myself. So, Will, the, the, the difference between PPR and non-PPR, PPR, you get a point for every catch that you make on top of the regular yardage points that usually would come along with it. Non-PPR, you don't get that. You just get the points for, you know, the yards. So a uh, 16-yard catch, you get 1.6 points. In PPR, a 16-yard catch would be the 16 for the yards, so 1.6, and then an additional point. A full one full point for the catch. So that'd be 2.6 points right there for a beginner. I would probably lean on the side of saying non PPR is the best way to go. Uh, if you want to get your feet a little wet, then do half PPR. I, I normally wouldn't suggest for first time players to just jump right into full point PPR. Cause that, that that's when it definitely gets a little bit more intense, but I think just get the gist of, of drafting the gist of, you know, roster construction, things like that. Just a very basic, very vanilla start. I think non PPR would be the way to go for you. See, the thing is, is that I agree with you because non PPR kind of gets your, gets the basics with you. And then PPR, whether you think so or not really does change the way that you look at fantasy football and drafting and players, because like we always talk about Austin Eckler as a great example of this. Austin Eckler is like eh in non-PPR, but because he catches passes out of the backfield so regularly, he's amazing in full-point PPR. Well, I could tell you the difference between Austin Eckler and my rank. So in non-PPR, I have Austin Eckler at five. In PPR, I have him three. There you go. It's a two-spot difference. And people will say, oh, it's only two spots, but it's two spots. Yeah, that's, that's a big difference. Well, it's two spots in the first round, and that's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's two spots in the first round. But, but maybe even more drastic for some people is Devontae Adams I have at number five in my PPR ranks. In non-PPR, I have Devontae Adams at 11. Yes, and it also changes how you draft. Not only how you look at different players, but also how you look at drafting. Because in PPR, you're more likely to draft a receiver in the first round because of that PPR upside. That is correct. And and in non-PPR, you're looking more towards running backs because running back, there's more of a value on running backs with non-PPR than there is with PPR. You got it, Adam. You nailed it. Yep. All right. Next question. Who do you got? Uh, The next question I'm going to go with. Let's go with. Oh, captain, my captain. Cesc Fabregas, number four. Number four is from Derek. Where is Derek from? Huntington Beach, California. Oh, that's where Sam Donald is from, kind of. Love Huntington Beach. Great place. Sam Donald's from Dana Point, but that's besides the point. Beautiful spot. Yes, it is. Derek's question is, what is the best way to do a draft day trade? I have a few offline leagues, and given the intensity of draft day, I always lose out on making a deal that I want to make. 
How can I be better at making the right deal during the draft? And how, and no, I am not getting fleeced. You always want to set up those trades before the draft. You don't want to actually start the conversations during the draft. So I, what I always say is if you have an offer that comes to you during the draft, it is something that is probably going to end up in you being fleeced. But if, if you kick the motions on any sort of trade that you want to make during the draft before the draft, then you have the opportunity to at least sit, think about it, know you have a framework there. And then if it works out for you and the other manager, then you're able to make that set trade during the draft and know that you have at least some sort of fallback and some sort of deal that's worked out. Like I know I had that done. I actually had both done in one of my drafts last year where I had a trade worked out before the draft. And then during the draft, I had another trade that just sort of materialized during and I think, I think it's a lot easier depending on, you know, if you're in a 10 or a 12 uh, during the draft to make trade, just because you have time in between, in between picks, especially if you're on a long break to really talk to other managers and see what they're thinking, you know, tell them what you're thinking and make, and make trades, but you have to be able to do it right. And I always say too, and this is something that I would look into um, just creating a draft pick value chart. I do it all the time and just assigning a numerical value to each one of your picks or to each pick that is in your draft and basically create your draft board on a piece of paper and in between every box, put a numerical value on each pick for what you think each pick is worth. And then just make combinations as you go and boom, done. Yep. That's how the pros do it. That's how I do it. And it works. It works all I mean, the time. That, that's how the actual like NFL teams mm-hmm. on when they do draft day trades, that's how yes. they how they do it. Yep. That's how it works. I, I, that's, and that's how trades are analyzed as well. Just, you know, when the trade calls are made and trades need to be accepted and, and processed through the league office is they, they do the same thing. Yep. All right. Pick another number. Oh, captain, my captain, number two, Derek Jeter. This is from Tyler. Where's Tyler from? Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Okay. It's weird coming from you. Well, Derek Jeter went to Michigan. So Ann Arbor, Michigan. Derek Jeter's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. But he went to Michigan. Okay. He went to the University of Michigan. Okay. Which is located in Ann Arbor. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, based off of early draft data, what is your favorite value pick in the first two rounds? Does he give a scoring? No. All right. So I'll assume half PPR. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm going to go off of the consensus ranks on fantasy pros because I'm not going to do it. Um, you know what? No, I'm actually, I'm going to do it off of my own ranks. I'm going to do it off of my own ranks, just in terms of the value pick. So he said first two rounds. Yep. Based off of my ranks, I would say right now, I would say Keenan Allen at 19 overall. That's a really good pick. That's a really good pick. I take that in a heartbeat. If he can remain as the number one wide receiver, if Mike Williams is not back there, 
I, I would like Keenan Allen a lot. Interesting. Interesting. So that would be my favorite right now. With right. with Javante Williams not far behind. Yeah. Because Adam and I, we do we do love Javante Williams. Yes. Great guy. Great guy, Mike King. So I I picked two, four, five. Yep. All right, let's go up my manager, number eight, Mikel Arteta. Number eight is Nate. Funny enough. Where's oh, Nate from? Nate. Uh, Nate is from uh, Mykonos, Greece. Okay. Yeah, he's partying right now. You're going to like this question because it actually mentions you, mentions you by name. It does? Yeah. Oh, Nate, thank you. I've heard Bird mention the theory of only taking players on contending teams. Is this a logical way to build a team when you have players such as DeAndre Swift, Jalen Waddell, Javante Williams, et cetera, on bad teams? Yeah, it's very logical. It's very logical. I mean, David Montgomery as well. You could put, you could put him in the mix. Will I probably go on that theory this year? Probably not because I love Javante Williams and I am going to want Javante Williams wherever I can get him. Um, but is it possible to own, to build guys based off of teams that are good or contending teams? Yeah, it's quite possible. You're going to have to reach in some spots, but yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Well, that shouldn't and be plausible. Really, that shouldn't be the tiebreaker though. Should it? The fact that he's on a good team is that should that be the tiebreaker between two guys? It shouldn't be the tiebreaker, but it can be a tiebreaker. It can be, just depends on the way you want to look at it. But yeah, it it, it can be a tiebreaker. The most efficient tiebreaker? No, but can it be? Yes. I don't know. I kind of like. So, Adam, then I guess the the best way to ask is for you, when you're in between guys, besides position need, which is the ultimate tiebreak for me, which I'm assuming it is for you as well. Absolutely. What would then be the the other tiebreak that that you would consider? If If it's not position, which I think we both agree is the de facto tiebreak. Yes. What's the... Oh, you might have got me here. I mean, maybe bye week, but not really. Sure. No, I, I I think it's a fair one. I think it's a fair one for those for those that are uh, that have the bye week concerns, and some people do, some people don't. Yeah, I think it's fair. Well, you don't want to load up with a bunch of guys whose bye week is week seven, or like a bunch of people. Maybe like if they're on the same team. Put it this way: I'd rather load up on guys that have an early bye versus load up on guys that have a late bye. How about that? I think if you have five well, guys that are on by in week six, okay, fine. It's week six. Who cares? But if you have a if you have five guys on by in week 13, last week of the regular season, or second to last week of the regular season, yeah, that's a problem. That, that's a problem. And when you're you're in a stretch run and you may have to look down the barrel of throwing a week. Like that's that's no bueno. Yeah. But I don't know about the same the same week. Sure, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Different weeks, fine. But the same week, no. It depends. It depends. I I'm usually good with having two guys, two guys who have the same buy. Three is pushing it. Four, 
no, no, not for me. I don't ever want to feel like I'm in a position where it's like, okay, I have to throw a week here. I, I don't, I don't love that. I think, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, but I think receivers, it's more of a tie break, whether or not they're on a good team, whether or not they have a good quarterback is a tiebreaker for me. Whether it's like, yeah, yeah. Cooper or yeah. Like so like Van, Van Jefferson or Allen Robinson or Donald Mooney. Yeah. Or, or, or like a, or, hmm, or a Brandon cooks versus a versus an Elijah Moore or versus a versus a Hunter Renfro. Yeah. But I think receiver like pass catcher is the only position where I'm like, that's kind of up there as far as tiebreakers, running backs, whatever a quarterback and team doesn't really bother me, but for pass catchers, because you're going to, you're relying on the quarterback to have production. That is uh, something that I consider definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I, I would definitely consider. Yeah. All right. Two, four, five, eight. Let's go with Jens Lehman, number one. Number one is from James. Where's James from? James is from uh, Blue Point, New York. Okay. It's another stronghold of the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show. Another stronghold of the Basin Talk podcast, the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show. Yes. Yes. Uh, James asks, do you have a preferred start for when you draft? I usually like to take an one RB and one receiver, but is this the year to go double RB? Yes. Would, for me, I would prefer to go double RB, but again, as we saw in the mock, things change. So if there's a Devontae Adams that's staring me in the back of the back end of round one, guess what? I'm going to take Devontae Adams a hundred times out of a hundred, and it's going to be the fastest pick that I'll make in any draft. And I'll go running back wide receiver. But ideally, when I go into a draft, yeah, I would like to start running back, running back. But things change based on the way that I draft. Extenuating circumstances happen. Extenuating circumstances do occur where guys fall to you and you need to make adjustments on the fly. Yes, but ideally, James, I would like to go running back, running back, but I never, I never like to set that in stone. Like I never want to say I'm absolutely 100% planning to go running back, running back in this draft and ruling out every single possibility. How about that? Because at that point, you're just shooting yourself in the foot by not taking opportunities that could help your team just because you're set, you're setting your ways. You're stubborn. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up to be very one dimensional and very narrow minded where you need to be open minded. Cause nobody has ever won a league and they're in their draft and they're like, Devontae Adams is here, but my running back strategy, running back, such a scarce position. I can't shy away from my strat, my pre-planned strategy. Nobody fucking says that. Nobody fucking says that. Right. Right. Nobody ever says that in the, in the history of the world. Nobody ever says, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn away a value here because I'm just so stuck on taking running back, running back. Never, never. And if you do, it's how you lose a league. 
So snap out of that. Yes. All right. One, two, four, five, eight. So I have three, six, seven left. Yes. All right. We're going to go with, uh, very tempted to say, but I'm not going to, I'm going to say little Mozart, Thomas Rzitzky, number seven. Number seven is from George. Where's George from? George. Uh, George is from Queens, New York. <laughs> Just based on the way you said George. George. Well, I was thinking about it because I've been you watching. Think, were, you, were you thinking about, were you thinking about uh, George Costanza? I was thinking about George Costanza. Okay, good. Okay, good. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, he's, yeah. George Costanza from Queens. Seven. Yeah, he is from Queens. He is. Stupid Yankees fan. Anyway. <laughs> He worked for the fucking Yankees. Anyway. Right guy. So George asks, I am setting up a first time league and don't know which site to use. Which is the best site to use for a startup fantasy league? Whichever site wants to pay us. Whichever site wants to pay us to promote them. Hey, listen, uh, I don't put these questions in the mailbag. So that's, that's all on you trying to get, trying to fish for promotions here. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Adam. Um, <laughs> which site is the best? Um, well, if if it's a first time league, you probably want to keep it as simple as possible. ESPN gives you all the, the basic nuts and bolts, but if you want to be like, if you're, does he say that he's a first time player or not? Uh, no, he just says I'm setting up a first time league. So I don't know if that's his is that a league for beginners or is that his first time being commissioner? Or right. right. That's what I'm getting at. If you're a first time player, ESPN is probably the most basic, but if you wanted to go a bit higher and there are players in there that have experience and your experience yourself, uh, I, I played in my first CBS league this year. And I have to say, I was very, very impressed with, CBS and and their uh, their interface, their tools. I, I was very 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 impressed with with CBS. So if you're experienced, I would go with CBS. But if you're it's a basic league, I would go ESPN. I don't know anything to contribute to this because I've only done leagues on ESPN, and ESPN has its benefits, has its drawbacks. But I would be interested in That's trying another plat. Yeah, I would be interested in trying another platform at some point. The only the only one that I would consider is, is CBS because I'm not a fan of Yahoo and Sleeper. Sleeper is only really for like Keeper and specifically Dynasty League. Sleeper is great for Dynasty. Yeah, but it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like what this is. And I think people like CBS a lot because you can fiddle more with the scoring formats if you want to be weird and have an Correct. online league. Correct. And, and, and with CBS also, you have more um, accessibility to determine how you can use IR spots as well. So I think like a great example of that would be, I know this year, um, if someone was immediately diagnosed with uh, COVID, but they weren't necessarily listed as out right away, you could put someone who is listed as active by their team on IR, even though you know that they have COVID instead of waiting like you have to on ESPN for the system to process that the guy has COVID. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, which I like a lot. I like that a lot. I, I like that too. 
Okay. Uh, I believe we only have three and six left. Uh, it sounds about right. Uh, we're going to go with... We're going to go with... Mr. Arsenal. Tony Adams, number six. Number six is from Christopher. Christopher is from New York, New Jersey, and there's no argument on that. Is your last name Maltasanti? It might be. Chrissy. Chrissy. Chrissy asks, how are you guys able to determine what is the good draft versus what is the bad draft? Um, if I know that there is provolone still near my still near my toes, then I know that it is a fantastic draft there, Chrissy, as as you would know. Um, that was Silvio. I, I'm aware that it that it was Silvio. I I want I want my the motherfucking provolone to smell like his sister's crotch in the morning. Butchered the quote, but you get the, you get the gist. Yes, I, no, no. I, I am. I am well aware that, that was Silvio. Come on now. Okay. I mean, well, the guy's well, name is not Silvio. The guys, the guy's name was Silvio. There'd be many, many jokes, many, 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 many jokes. And Chrissy, I'm very surprised that you were able to, to send this question in when you're still stuck in the middle of the woods. Yes. Stunned. I consider, I consider it a good draft if you are if you grease the unions. That's a fair point. I, I, that is a very, very, very fair point. Um, I mean, there's no really right or wrong to determine what's a good draft and what's not a good draft. I think for, for me, what I always go off of is when I look at my team, if I feel like there's only one hole in my team, I'm able to say it's a good draft. If I don't really see a hole in my team, it's a great draft. But I, I never really have what I would call great drafts because I always see a potential hole in every single one of my teams after a draft. So if I can say that there's only one hole, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. And I would say it's a good draft. If I see multiple holes, then I say, yes, I have work to do. If I feel like that I was chasing the entire draft, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't really get into my groove or anything like that. Then I'm saying to myself, shit, I just completely fucked up, which, which happens e- even for somebody like me. Uh, it, it, it does happen uh, on occasion where I, I go into a draft. I don't feel you know, particularly confident with a start or anything like that. And no matter how prepared I may be, there are some drafts where I just go in, I do them and I come out and I'm just like, yeah, you know, it was just one of those drafts. Things didn't fall to me and, you know, tough shit. I got a lot of, a lot of work to do. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of times. Um, I mean, especially since you're in so many leagues where you're just like, I drafted a team. That's about it. That's all I can tell you at this point. Is it good? I don't know. But I drafted a team. I have players. I have enough players to fill in my lineup spots. But, uh, I mean, we just had a discussion after our mock draft about how subjective draft grading can be and how, like, the difference between a good draft and a bad draft is who you're asking. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said before, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you think you had a good draft, you had a good draft. Don't let any don't let anybody tell you you didn't have a good draft. If you think your draft is good, your draft is good. Right. And so the last question, Kyle, where is Kyle from? Wichita, Kansas. This is actually a pretty interesting one. 
So Kyle asks, is there a psychological edge that can be gained when you draft? Oh, that is a good question. Yes, there is. And I think it really depends on you knowing when you're in your draft, who's the guy you can kind of go after and, and get under their skin. So I always like to know who that guy is and who is the easiest guy that I can go and, and, and try and rattle a bit. And that's what I try and, and do. The other thing that I would say is try and not give your opponents an edge. So if there's a pick that you see that you really, really wanted, don't let it be known that you just got it. You just got swiped for, for that pick. So I would, I would always just try and say to myself, keep calm, no matter, no matter the circumstance. That's what I always like yes. to like to recommend to people is just try and try and keeping the, 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 the coolest possible head that you can when you're in a draft. That's interesting because there have been a lot of drafts I've been on with you and our leagues where people make picks. And this is in football and baseball when we did the baseball league where as soon as like, fuck you, I wanted that guy. It's usually coming from somebody who may be on the Zoom call. Well, or it's, different. It's, different. To it's different when you're person. by yourself. When you're by yourself and you're online, that's one thing. And not necessarily being involved in the chat as much. But I can tell you right now that when I'm in an offline draft and, and I, we're with a crowd of people, I am a lot different. A lot different. I okay. do try and keep myself very, very mellow. Well, it's kind of like playing poker in a way. Yes. Yep. It's it, That's exactly right. You need to have the best poker face in the fucking room. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of, I'm focused on my team at this point. So maybe, I don't know. I don't really focus on getting like a psychological edge on guys because like, I'll just pick pick the players where they, where they fall. I'm not a see, manipulator like that. See, I am, I am. And I always like, I always want to know that I have the upper hand because it is, it is war in, in a lot of ways for me. Like the draft is, is, is part of the league. It's like one of the only times where it really is everybody against everybody. You know, most weeks it's one versus one and then one versus one, but during the draft, it really is. It, it's like, it, it, it's a team death match. Yes, maybe you're overthinking it a little bit. Mm, no, I don't think I am. I think my people will agree with me. Because I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people. Oh, and, your and, people. Are we doing this again? Your I, fans, your no, people? No, 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 no. I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people. And and I was told I was told over the weekend when we were watching the Super Bowl, we were watching with some um, with some um, mellower people. Um, I was told that um, I need to temper it. I need to temper it, but temper it with my with my language. And my, my response was that I am a man of the people. I am a big time cursor and there is nothing that anybody can do about it. So go fuck yourself. Wait, they complained about you cursing and they didn't say anything about me. Oh, no, no, no. When we were watching the Super Bowl, we were watching the Super Bowl. This this is when we were watching the Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 no. I was told, I was told that I need to, I need to, 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 to mind myself a little bit, which I found, I found absolutely disgraceful in my own home. I'm allowed to say whatever the fuck I want. 
I thought this was like you had listeners of the show. They were like, hey, listen, you got to tone, you got to tone it down here. There's an E next to the fucking title for a fucking reason. You're fucking right. Damn fucking right. I'm a man of the people. I am a top tier cursor. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck that fuck. Well, what a fucking mailbag, huh? In the words, in the words of a, of a good good friend, uh, Sean Rossap from uh, from Fightful. Fuck that fuck. Yes. Yeah. What a what a mailbag. What do we got planned for next week? Don't fucking know. See you there. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, That's the outro. No, uh, next week we're definitely going to be looking into some more. Hopefully, we're going to have some more uh, some more advanced uh, mock draft data, and we'll maybe do a little bit of a, of a dive onto uh, onto some values that are uh, that are available right now. So, and then and then within the next uh, two weeks, probably the week after next, uh, we'll be doing the uh, the free agent preview of sorts. Yeah, because March is coming up. It really is. We are literally a month away. From the start of the new league year already. Yep. Yep. We're almost there. So and we have the and we have the combine too. Combine yep. too in, in two weeks. Then we get the free agency, and then before you know it, we'll be doing deep dive into uh into draft stuff. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Vance Jerry. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Anna Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Fuck that fuck. Bye-bye.